When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Hey, g'day, Mark Bickley. Concentrating, as always. Uh, great to be with you on this Thursday, the 22nd of Feb. Big show today. We spoke to Lara's brother, David Croft, the voice of F1. Also, Dan Churney, um, who takes care of cricket and football with Code Sports. It's a big show today. I was just looking at an on this day that we we forgot to mention on our actual show, which you'll be able to hear on the podcast. Mm. Five years ago today, the final AFL X game between the Rampage and the Flyers oh, yeah. happened. Remember that Alex Rance rocked up on a Segway, I think? Mm. And um, they've got a, a still photograph of the captain's Doing a rock off in the middle. Yeah. Mm. It's a weird time. They tried to. They tried. They, they played one at Highmarsh Stadium. Jazz it up. Yeah. Called that game. Oh. Actual, well actual fact. Hold on. Right. The Adelaide Crows won the whole competition. Fettuccini. Yeah. Cole Cheney, premiership captain. He joins you and Mark Rusciuto as premiership captains. Mm. Um, so yesterday. What? <laughs> That's it's incredible. You're walking to Westlake so, to see the. Wizard Cup, AFLX. All alongside. Do you and Feta and Rue have a catch-up as premiership skippers? No. No. Not sure where the Wizard Cup went, the 2003 Wizard Cup. Um, Yesterday, you might find this interesting. I went to Adelaide Oval and I was part of a... Not interesting at all because you're always there. I was part of a little bit of a briefing in regards to the Pink concert. Because you know how I'm doing the voiceovers for it. The one you knifed Wayne Phillips. Yeah. Um, it was wonderful to see how much detail goes into preparing for an event like that. So Pink's tour managers every day send through data of the demographic of fans that are going to be there, what their fans consume, um, what uh, the vibe is like, like happy, friendly, um, the split of gender, like it was amazing. That everything is so attention to detail. So how do they how do they know that? So when I buy a ticket to Pink, yep. do I have to fill out I'm a male, I'm 54? They've got I'm... all that data. It's incredible. So then, but how do they know what my vibe is? They probably just have a look at what you're wearing. There's images of people. Um, mm, it's incredible the entry and exit points of how Pink is going to get onto the stage mm. from where. She is so they're um, they're utilising a lot of the um, the eastern side and the southern end of Adelaide Oval. So a lot of the football change rooms are going to be used, like they did with the tennis. Mm. Um, but then some of them will be made into makeshift change rooms and dressing rooms, so they have to style it all the way that Pink wants. Um, the crew's on one end, Pink's on the other end. 
But it was really pleasing to hear that she just walks around. She hangs out with the crew. She dines with them. She doesn't really keep to herself very much. She's bringing her family over. Mm. Um, one of the biggest concerns and one of the biggest things that they need to look out for when it comes to security is drones. So they neutralized the drone. And I said, what, do you shoot it down? And they said, no, they've got a way of intercepting the drone and sending it back to mm. the person flying so it. So someone's got a remote control as a frequency. They yeah. Can do that. Yeah. So to have a look at the way that Adelaide Oval, they've already removed some seats. So right in front of where the scoreboard is, they've re re removed a bay of seats so people can enter and exit. Yep. Um, the entry and exit points are quite concerning because everybody's going to try and get onto the bridge to walk across to the city. There's going to mm. be no parking there. So they're encouraging everybody to... Um, make their way via public transport. It's also 35 degrees on Tuesday. Mm. So in terms of a needs to know basis, you've just got to read 36 words. Why did you have to be in the meeting? I found it really interesting because things will change. Things will change last minute if I do need to do reads in case of emergency, um, if I need, do need to point out exit points and stuff. So last minute they might go, we need to do something and mm. touch wood, it doesn't happen. But I, I really liked being a part of it because we just think you rock up, pink rocks up, sings a couple of songs, Hangs on a flywire, see you later. But no, it's crazy. So you're, what you're explaining to me is you're going to be like a, a stewardess. You know, the exit to your but right. I don't see yeah. gender, but I'll be someone that oh, works. steward then. Yeah, yeah, steward low. Um, I, I uh, found well, it really so interesting. So what's, what's, uh, what's your spiel? What are you going to say? I just basically rock up and read 36 words and that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, Welcome to Adelaide Oval. If in the... If you uh, throw, you go. If in the... Uh, Unlikely event that uh, an emergency exists, mm -hmm. please uh, exit in an orderly fashion. Yeah. Uh, do not run, do not, all that sort of stuff. Yep. That's me. Mm. So do I technically say that I emceed the Pink concert? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, am I touring with Pink now? <laughs> am I the voice of the Pink concert? Well, if that would be the case, yeah. I, I think considering Wayne Phillips has done a number of these, he's almost ready for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If he's been touring. He does point out his images with... at Adelaide Oval when you walk around. <laughs> Adele, he would have done. Uh, who else has been big there? Rolling Stones. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Oh, the TV's, oh, the TVs are working. <laughs> oh, thank Christ. It's only taken all week and we're not even on air. The reason we both saw that at the same time, we're surrounded by TVs and it's been darkness. Nothing, just black screen and now we've it's back. So. I feel this is a stitch up like the whole this building that we're in getting maintenance done every day. I feel like we're being filmed and it's just to <laughs> it's see our reaction. A, it's going to be a Netflix series. We're on the Truman show or something. <laughs> and it's just seeing how long until one of us breaks. I'm close. The facade, to be fair, we're at one King William street, which is a big, tall yeah. building. It's, it's substantial. And the whole facade is being replaced and has been for the last 12 months. Yeah. And so there's scaffolding surrounding the whole building, our car park, the entrance, which is just behind the building, is always obscured. I think the time that the facade is replaced is when we'll be replaced. <laughs> that'd be that'd be ironic. It's like rain on your wedding day. Shall we wrap it up? Yes. Mark, you loser. All right, enjoy the pod. <laughs> Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. And good morning to you Thursday. We are here the 22nd of Feb 2024. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. 
And a big shout out to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Mark Bickley, this time yesterday, not only did I get into trouble for calling you Mark Bickley, um, but also you spoke about the weather overnight. And I don't know about you, as I say, good morning, my friend. Um, Good morning. It it smelt this morning walking out of my house at Semaphore like it was going to rain. It just smelt like that. Did you experience that? I did feel exactly the same thing, thinking has a cool change arrived overnight. Mm. But um, I did note this morning, because I looked at the, uh, the bureau, and uh, 4.45, so as we were driving in, that was the minimum overnight. It was 20.1 degrees. So <laughs> the, the night before, it was 24 degrees was the minimum. And uh, last night, another tough one. So if you, you know, a lot of people who um, choose not to have the air conditioning running all night because for some it's bloody expensive, or for all it's expensive. Um, so a lot of people would have sweltered last night, I think. Uh, and 20 degrees, it's not really cool, is it? It's interesting when I went back to Tassie a couple of weeks ago for the cricket. Um, I was I was in Tasmania till I was fifteen, but having an air conditioner is something foreign to people of Tasmania because yeah. they don't need it. They at all have wood fires and stuff. So, um, and that's not very appropriate in summer. No, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> but it got to twelve degrees in Hobart the other night in, in Bell Reeve, and it looked freezing in Wellington last night. We'll talk about the cricket in a moment, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, if you think about the cost of living now and people uh, having an air conditioner but not being able to put it on because of how expensive it is just mm. to live in South Australia right now, it is really challenging. And then it makes you think of things that you kind of do within your house to stay cool, like a lot of people move mattresses out to the kitchen and sleep on the kitchen floor. Um, they have a, a big pedestal fan on, which you try and huddle your family around. And, and you would have been like this in Port Pirie well, growing up. Exactly. Like there's a couple of things. We, we only, everyone used to have that big box on the wall and you yes. generally had that in one room or we did in our house. We had a small house, but that was in the lounge room. And so when it got really hot, you would have that on in the lounge room and you'd close the door and that would be, it'd be like a, um, you know, you go to a, um, you know, a big, uh, pub or something and have a cold room that yeah. <laughs> got, the rest of the house is steaming hot. Then you'd open the door and walk into there and it'd be like walking into a fridge. But we used to, we had blow up mattresses at the time and you used to be mum, dad and the two kids all sleeping in the lounge room on a blow up mattress. Yep. I, I once said to my mum, this is a couple of years ago about how they grew up because they didn't have any air conditioning at all. And they've lived in Port Pirie the whole life. They said, even when we were kids, they would uh, get a mattress on the front lawn and when we were babies, mum and dad would sleep on the mattress on the front lawn. We would sleep with them and she would safety pin the babies to themselves. So no oh one stole the baby. <laughs> Talk about a great uh, uh, security device, just safety pin the babies. <laughs> um, so that's in the last 50 years. She said we come a long way. Uh, we woke up to a bit of news Today, it was a big day yesterday in sport, which we will cover. Um, a few things I wanted to mention. First of all, it would have been really challenging for this person to make their return to work, but we need to give a shout out to the Police Commissioner, Grant Stevens. Um, that yesterday, returning to work for the first time since the tragic passing of his son. Um, I think, though, this is testament to Grant Stevens. I think yesterday was his first public Public, outing. yes, yeah, correct. He's been, been back on the job for almost four weeks, but... Like unbelievable character, and uh, I I don't have the words, but um, yeah, just really, uh, I feel great that sort of he's back with his sort of hand on the wheel, basically, because he just got so much trust in him. It's 
it's unfathomable for anyone that's mm. that's lost a family member. You know, the the hard thing is when the whole the whole world has to continue and it does continue. But when you have such a public job where he is at the the forefront of everything that impacted his family and will be a reminder for the rest of his life. So um, the way that he's carried himself through a really challenging time. And um, we're lucky enough to get a a copy of the the advertiser in here and we have a look. I'm really sad. And you would know this guy because you would have walked past him so often in Rundle Mall that Lionel has passed away. The old gentleman he dances. Um, yeah, and you know what? I've seen so many times where throughout Rundle Mall, we we think of him and Johnny Hazeman, the two people mm. that are iconic South Australians. Can I nominate another person, please, who is yeah. moving into this room? And this is a um, a Japanese lady who's yep. often in Rundle Mall dancing um, to music with some fans. And, uh, you know, like a fan that you fan yourself with to cool yourself down. So she's doing this fan dance, but she's in there regularly and with a beaming smile and, uh, you know, she'd be in her mid to late sixties, maybe early seventies, just get out there having a crack. Um, I don't even think she's got a little tin in front of her. She's just doing it to try and to be happy. That's what it looks like anyway. So, um, yeah, little things like that. People who just are doing their own thing, not caring too much about anyone else, but uh, looking like they're enjoying themselves. It's bloody great. Well, he was just up and about always, Lionel, dressed immaculately, dancing around whenever there were buskers. There were people that almost took the piss out of him sometimes and got into a bit of strife because he was just unassuming, trying to have a bit of fun. Mm. And it's a real shame. And the thing that stands out is that he had a really short battle with with cancer. And I don't know about you, but I feel like... Um, there's a lot of people in um, pop culture, in the public now that we grew up watching on television or had an affiliation with that are becoming unwell or are passing. And or you, getting old. Yeah, you, well, you look at look <laughs> at the gazes the other night and you saw Homicide, Corey Williams, that his, his battle that he's had with mm. bowel cancer, he was talking about going to the gym. Now, he was uh, an MVP in the NBL playing for the Townsville Crocs, like a big American guy, you've seen him. He's celebrating the fact now he's going to the gym and lifting mm. three kilo dumbbells. Mm. That's how much of a struggle it's been mm. for him. His positivity is so infectious though. And he's saying he got out of the Bronx. He can get out of anything, but it's a, <laughs> a really, really nice reminder just to um, tell the people around you that you love them and yep. to make sure that they feel valued as much as you feel valued too. Um, yeah, it, it's um, well, and, and I think, as you get older, like I'm a lot older than what you are. Yeah, you definitely are. Yeah, I'm yeah. in my sort of about to be mid fifties. Can you believe that? But it is much more prevalent uh, once you get to this age that things start to uh, break down, as you expect. Mm. If you if you've got two hundred fifty thousand k's on the clock, you what know. have you noticed? So fifty four. What have you noticed about like yourself? Like when when you you try to go for a couple of runs and stuff, yeah. do, do you actually notice after being an elite athlete and uh, I mean, I mean this sincerely. Like you, when do you go? Okay, this isn't working the way it used to. Oh, all the time. Really? And was it was it anything to do with fitness and running? Oh, it, it's mainly just. Well, as you get busier, I, like I find um, two boys and family and work and all those commitments. You just don't. I just don't have the time to dedicate to. You know, going to the gym. I'd love to go to the gym three or four times a week. I'd love to maybe go for two or three jogs. Maybe I try and walk, you know, we try and after dinner, particularly in this time of the year when the weather's nice, go for a walk around the block and do that a bit. But 
you just get caught up with all the other stuff. Anyone who's got kids who knows about sports practice, who knows about playing a musical instrument and, you know, like so you're dropping kids off early to school sometimes, you know, at seven o'clock, you're hanging around till five to pick up, you know, there's lots of stuff going on before you even, you know, contemplate doing stuff for yourself. So, um, and you wouldn't have it any other way, but I sort of feel like it, yeah, I've had my time to do that. And mm. now it's about just trying to, yeah, enjoy life a little bit and, uh, and try and provide the opportunities for your kids that you had. I'm starting to lose my bearings and I'm starting to forget things. And I feel I can probably share this with you. Mm. Um, I know you had a, an event on last night, which you were schmoozing with the rest of the Adelaide football club. <laughs> I've got a new dog. Um, that we reluctantly got before Christmas, Luna, the Cavoodle, who is getting better when it comes to toilet training. She yaps a little bit, bit of a pain. Um, Went into the lounge room last night and Luna had left a surprise. And I feel the surprise was from earlier in the day. Yeah. Should should I just keep, should I keep going? Yeah, keep going. You trotted it, did you? No, no, no. It looked dry, so I picked it up. Yeah, with your bare hands. Oh, Wow. Well, it was too hard to walk into another room and get a tissue and pick it up? Mm, it gets worse. So I picked it up and I've put it in the toilet and flushed the toilet. No problem. <laughs> in the toilet? Yeah. Um, What's wrong with the bin? A couple of moments later, I'd forgotten that I did that and I had an itchy mouth. Oh, no. no okay. Yeah, well, that's why. You sh- you, uh, did you wash your hands after you picked it up? I forgot. Oh, goodness me. Well... Did you shake hands with me this morning when we walked in? We hugged. <laughs> we always <laughs> we have a... Kissed. I knew your breath was terrible. <laughs> we are here thanks to oh, Type. Our yeah. big brand's Better Buy Sale is now on. It's a big show today. Uh, we are going to be speaking to the voice Bare of hands. F1, <laughs> David Croft, who's coming to the Arkabar for a fantastic night. So we'll give you all the details on that one. Dan Cherney from Code Sports. I saw him over the summer of cricket. He would talk footy and also... Um, the summer of cricket, and of course, your text, 0427-154-166. We're having a bit of fun next with what happened with the Aussies last night, a last ball victory against the Kiwis in Wellington. Um, Let us know. Your thoughts. Were you celebrating? Did you watch it? Did you even know it was on? Mostly sunny, top of 31 this morning. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. 18 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're in Studio Lumo here this morning. Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Captain's call a little bit later on this morning. Uh, Also, our Brecky Brownlow is back Thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre, the best in SA, Brighton Road. Bix, I don't know if you saw an image of um, my 40th birthday cake from the weekend. I mean, you are invited to the party, didn't rock up. I'm still looking forward to that present, so I'll probably wait to the end of the year. Mm. Con and Lena organised not only like a little gin bar um, I saw sign. they had a, a look like a chopping board as well. Yeah, engraved. pimp your gin mm. and also a topless photo of myself, but uh, had a wonderful time with... Con and Lena. So we are so excited that they are back on board for 2024 with SENSA as we have a look at the world of sport. What do you got for us? Okay, let's start with a bit of uh, the AFL preseason. Uh, North Melbourne 
pick Colby McKercher, showboy, is one of the leading contenders for this year's Rising Star Award. The Roos had a 34-point win over Collingwood yesterday. I must say, it was an undermanned Collingwood. So, uh, but nice signs. Uh, they're using the term North Ball to describe how North Melbourne play. This sort of helter-skelter attack at all costs. So, that is going to be interesting. That's uh, a, it's an overused term already. Mm. Baz Ball, the Pat Cummins-led ball was cum ball and now North Ball. <laughs> What? Uh, North Ball? I'm not sure. Nicolai- and also, if North Melbourne thought they had a bad time slot 4.40 on a Sunday afternoon at Marvel, what about a practice match at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday morning? <laughs> Nick Larkey booted five goals to be amongst amongst North's best players. Okay, um, let's talk UEFA Champions League action. It continues this morning with two final round of 16 uh, fixtures. The first one gets underway at 6.30 a.m. Porto will host Arsenal with Napoli hosting Barcelona FC. Yesterday saw PSV and Dortmund play out a one-all draw with Inter saluting 1-0 over Atletico Madrid thanks to a 79th-minute strike from Marco. I should have pre-read this, shouldn't I? How do I say that? Anotovic! Now here's Lautaro Martinez. Is this the chance that he's been waiting for? Deberry blocked, comes out to an ultimate. Must be, it is. Valiant effort to keep it out. Well, they were booing him moments ago. Now it's all about the cheers for Marco Anatovic. We will keep you up to date it's with the scores the this morning. Um, <laughs> what happened in the cricket last night, Bix? I was glued to the television for the last 10 overs. Yeah, I was a little bit flat. I, as you mentioned, I, I was uh, at a function last night. But Tim David's combination of brute force and icy nerves delivered Australia a remarkable last ball win in the series opener. T20 International against New Zealand. David finished 31 not out from just 10 balls faced as he and Captain Mitch Marsh, who scored 72 not out off 44, carried their team. No, not 72. wasn't not out, was he, Mitch Marsh? Mitch Marsh was not out. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, carried their team across the line in a game that looked lost for all money when Australia required 43 off the final three overs. David and Marsh smashed the Kiwi, attacked all parts of the Wellington Regional Stadium in the final three overs with David <laughs> facing the final ball of the innings. I love we, you trying to question it and you didn't even watch the no, game. No, I read, I read the, um, the the score sheet afterwards or this morning and didn't and thought he batted a bit higher up the order. But well, anyway, let's just have a listen. He needed four off the last ball. <laughs> Salvi up against Tim David. Right hand quick against right hand batsman. David hits powerfully to the onside. Into a gap at He's won the game. Tim David. A brilliant, brilliant cameo at the end. Alongside his heroic captain Mitch Marsh. Who's put on a clinic himself at seven sixes. But Tim David has come in and slammed the door on New Zealand's face. We are going to have a bit of fun with this in a moment, and this could actually win you an amazing voucher to Golf Box. Their inner clearance sale is on now, so don't miss out. Um, I should say quickly, because the fielding of the New Zealand team last night was pathetic. They made Pakistan look decent. Just on that, for those that may not have watched it, but just heard those highlights, it wasn't a bad ball by Southie. He put it right on his toes, and David just smacked it. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. Have some fun with Tim David. Um, if you want to text the show, of course you can. 0427 27 minutes past six going for a top of 31 degrees. Today we're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a massive thanks to Tire Power. Get your free five-minute safety check. Uh, Bix, before we head to the news, you had a very interesting stat in regards to Tim David, who hit the winning runs for Australia last night at the Cape Tin in Wellington. 
pretty decent crowd there watching the Aussies in New Zealand last night too. It looked quite cold there, quite windy, the cake, Tim. Yes, uh, and it was an amazing finish. But Tim David just absolutely uh, clobbered them. As I just noticed on Twitter, Laurie Colliver, uh, cricket sort of statistician. South Australian too. Doyen uh, had t- uh, Tim David's last four T20 innings. 31 not out off 10 balls. That was uh, in New Zealand. Then he made 41 not out in Perth off 19 balls. 31 not out in Adelaide off 14 balls. And 37 not out in Hobart off 17 balls. So a total of 140 runs off 60 balls without being dismissed at a strike rate of 233, including 11 sixes. I also thought the Australians were going to rest a handful of players. Travis Head played last night, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood. Like They, they went pretty full strength, so maybe they'll start filtering through um, a couple of other players. So this is what we're doing today. Golf Box, Australia's greatest golf superstore. You can shop now for bonus discounts during the end of season clearance. We've got a $150 voucher to give away. Name a better hero in sport, in pop culture, with two first names. Tim David is clubhouse leader at the moment. Name a better individual with two first names. I'm going to give you the news to think about it, Bix. You can come back with suggestions. If you can name a better athlete, musician, actor, actress, personality with two first names, you might get this voucher. 0427 154 166. We'll talk to you after the news. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 27 to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. Happy Thursday to you. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We'll keep you up to date with those Champions League scores this morning. Also, we'll speak to Dan Cherney who's all across the AFL and the summer of cricket. And the voice of F1, David Croft, is going to join us too. Our text line, 0427-154-166. Mark Bickley, let's do an on this day in sport and on this day around the world before we go any further because there's a fair bit happening when it comes to this particular date, Thursday the 22nd of Feb. (laughs) Okay, let's go back to 1980. And this is a really... Famous moment in um, in world sport. It was called the Miracle on Ice. U.S. ice hockey team beats the heavily favoured Soviet Union 4-3 at Lake Placid in one of the biggest upsets in Olympic history. And the Americans go on to win the gold medal. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. That's been said a few times to, from then. Do you believe in miracles? That was good. 2003 Pakistani pace bowler Shoaib Akhtar bowls the fastest ball recorded in cricket history at 161.3 k's an hour. Very quick from Shoaib Akhtar. Excellent over a maiden from uh, that speedster. Four overs gone. 100.2 miles an hour. Brilliant stuff. England seven for one. There you go, 100 miles an hour. Jeff Thompson got 99 point something, I reckon. Um, Portuguese superstar Cristiano Ronaldo marks his 1,000th senior appearance by scoring in Juventus's 2-1 Serie A win over, what's that, SPAL. 
Quadrado. Ronaldo! Cristiano Ronaldo on his 1,000th professional appearance gets the opening goal and he scores for the 11th Serie A match in a row. You know what my, my daughter's starting to do now because I think it's quite big on YouTube. She comes up to me and she goes, See! Can you do that? Do a Ronaldo. No, you have, I'm, mate. We're on here. Have no, to do it. I'm not going. I'm still. I'm still on stuck on S P A L. Who's that? Do you know? Yeah, I will tell you what it is if you give me a C. <laughs> Go on. You have to do one. No, so this is how it works. We have one clown on the show and one bloke who tries to be serious. Oh. I'll let the listeners work out which is which. Um, S P A L <laughs> Societa Polisportiva Azeta La Bossa. Very good. Thank See? You. And you're the serious one now. That was good. Oh, well, there you go. All I wanted was a C. <laughs> okay. Got a couple of famous birthdays. Let's start with uh, the great um, commentator here in Australia, Sandy Roberts. Harvey gives it away to Burke. Robin and Whiteland. Back towards Jarman. Jarman! Yes! Iconic voice, isn't he, Sandy? Or hasn't he got? Yep. He's just amazing. So uh, We um, also have a birthday today from someone that's not involved in sport. And this was by request from Mark Bickley. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. James Blunt selling, celebrating Goodbye, a birthday. Is this your favourite James Blunt song? I like Bonfire Heart. That's okay. a good one as well. He's only, what, he's only had about five, so it's not hard, is it? He's, I love his social media. He he's takes quite, the mickey out of himself so much. It's yeah, hilarious. He's a ex-military too, I reckon. Yes. This is really good on this day today. Mm. Very happy with that one. Well done. I reckon we should nominate it for the good stuff. Get to the good stuff. 132727. 27. Use the team that's easy and affordable if you're moving house, budget car, and truck rental. Um, we'll get to Tim David in a moment. Did you have a nomination for the good stuff yeah, today? Um, my nomination is the Brisbane Lions Football Club. Uh, I was read this morning. They're predicting that they're going to have 55,000 members this year. 85% of their hospitality is sold. And last year, six of their 11 home matches were sellout. So you'd predict that that would uh, continue to rise. But that is. Phenomenal. When you think about not that long ago, before Chris Fagan moved in, they were literally a basket case. They had a $12 million debt. Yep. Uh, couldn't attract players there. Couldn't attract players there. Um, uh, and they were just chewing up money. I think they had something like, they had under 20,000 members. And the AFL were thinking, this is just a money pit. Right now, they have turned that totally around. The population growth is a big part of it up in uh, Queensland as well. So, they have the potential to, to um, not only erase their debt, but become one of the, the sort of powerhouse sides now with that sort of sort of membership number and those that home game uh, sort of issue they have with the sellouts. But they've got a, a, a looming problem, which is the Gabba, which is going to be um, uh, remodeled, which is going to be but out is, of action. For is that officially years. happening now? Because that's been debated over the past couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure that will happen. That will happen. They'll spend big on it, but it's going to be out of action for, uh, it's it's a fairly long time. It's something like three or four years or something along and those it was, lines. And it was fascinating to be at the Gabba uh, for that test match because having a look at the things in the vicinity of the Gabba, what they have to close down throughout mm-hmm. their Olympic time, mm-hmm. there's a school literally right next door to the Gabba 
out of action. There's apartments that I don't know if you saw any of the coverage. There were people having barbecues yeah, looking down into the Gabba. Yeah. Everyone's kicked out of them. Mm. So then they have to relocate people. Like that whole precinct area is going Crazy. to be impacted yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. That is a very good nomination there. Big get to the good stuff. 13, 27, 27. If you're moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable budget, current truck rental. So the other nomination we had for the good stuff was Tim David, who hit the winning runs last night for the Australian team in the first T20 against New Zealand in Wellington. And it got us thinking because Tim David is someone that has two first names. And normally, mm. people with two first names are untrustworthy. You can't trust them. But we saw last night and over the past handful of T20 matches, Tim David is very trustworthy. So on the text line, 0427154166, we have a $150 golf voucher to give away to Golf Box end of season clearance on now. So don't miss out. We are looking for your nominations of people, of influence, of stardom, of superstardom, with two first names. So do you want to start us off with some bigs? I'll go with a couple of obvious ones. Neil Craig is the obvious one in, in this little part. So that's the, that's, that's the, very low level that, though. That's it. Then we've got, we'll go to the sort of international stage. We've got Adam Scott. Not um, bad. We had a, we had a nomination there. Daniel said Adam Scott. Yep. He also suggested someone with three first names from American Pie Stifler, whose name is Sean William Scott. <laughs> Okay. Right. I like this one. There's an email for, oh, sorry, a text message from Dracos said he's got a workmate whose last name is Kelly and his partner he's about to marry. Her first name is Kelly. So she's going to be Kelly Kelly. That's not bad. It's kind of not what we're doing though. Okay. Uh, what about Jake Paul? Jake Paul's good. Yeah. He's quite influential when it comes to oh, okay. YouTube. Well, and well, Come on. You have a crack then. I haven't seen. I just said it was it. pretty low level. So Matt um, says Jack Nicholas. That's good. Yeah. That's golf related. Um, Joe in Camden Park says Greg Norman. That's golf related. That's good. Eh? A <laughs> two first names. Yeah. We're going very much golf with Adam Scott. Brett says Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. <laughs> Ricky Bobby, that's the winner. <laughs> um, I've got a couple for you. Go. We'll go to pop culture. Mm. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. She's a good actress. Christopher Lloyd. Mm. He's from um, the greatest movie of all time, Back to the Future 2. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball. Steve Nash. I mean, Michael Jordan has two first names, Bix. Well, anything can be a first name. Mark, Mark Taylor. Did you just triple name him? You went Mark, Mark Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we'll go to the AFL. There's okay. a couple of AFL names. Mitch Duncan. Yep. Jamie Elliott. Mm. Jeremy Cameron. Yep. What about who's on the front page of your AFL book? Lockie Neal. <laughs> Lockie Neal. Two first names. Yes, yeah, you got me on that one. It's spelt differently, but that's okay. If you have any nominations Chris for... Scott. People with two first names, Brad Scott, um, 0427154166. Donald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Send them through and we'll read them out. We can make them skew if. It could be real Hollywood style like Katy Perry. Mm. Yeah. So it's not, let's, let's, the way we're going now, what we're finding is not that uncommon, is it? No, but Tim David, Tim and David are two very strong individual names just stuck together. Mm. Like Michael Jordan, Michael's the strongest name compared to the Jordan. Okay. Mm. So Tim and David are two pretty straightforward <laughs> names, yeah? <laughs> yes. Just, they're just, Putting yeah. Putting it out there. Mm. Okay, if you've got the other good ones, I liked Kelly Kelly. That's going to be funny. So Kelly Kelly's leading the way at the moment, is it? Oh, I like that. I just I feel like that's uh, that's unusual. Whereas 
Jennifer Lawrence. Um, oh, tough crowd. Ho hum. <laughs> Who's that? Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Please stick around because in a few moments' time, there's a there's a little rumor going around Studio Lumo here that I'm not the person who's overreacting, <laughs> which is the first time in two weeks. Far out. It's SENSA Breakfast. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Ten minutes to seven. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Issued shout-out to Kubota. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Still to come on the show, Dan Cherney will talk footy and cricket. And also, uh, the voice of F1, David Croft, who is appearing at the Arkabar in a few weeks' time, which will be... A brilliant opportunity to hear from the best of the best when it comes to F1. And there's been a lot of news to discuss with David Croft. So we will get to him um, after 7.30 this morning. Bix, the text line has blown up because everybody wants this $150 golf box voucher. 0427154166. We are celebrating the achievements of Tim David, who hit a four on the final ball last night in Wellington. So we're, we're looking for athletes, superstars, celebrities, that have done well with two first names. Um, Daniel says, I wonder if Ricky Bobby was shortened from Richard Robert. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Rob Thomas in town recently, Matchbox 20. That's a good He's one. A good singer. Uh, Connor Rosie, not your traditional one. You've got a, a man's name and a woman's name. David David. Dr. David David, uh, world renowned. What about uh, Michael Jackson? Not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, there's a lot. There is. Keep them coming in. The text line is 0427 154 166. Or you can call us, 1300 736 736. I mentioned earlier that something was brewing here in Studio Lumo, which has been, I mean, unexpected. I don't, I don't know. What, what do I do, Bix? Just play it. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Okay, so this is the introduction for Am I Overreacting, which is normally related to me. Yeah, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. And I'm asking, is some parts of the media overreacting in regards to a couple of the announcements around leadership groups? So Brisbane had a nine-man leadership group, and that was uh, pilloried by some. Adelaide announced an eight-man leadership group. Uh, one man uh, who is uh, uh, part of our network here, Kane Corns, great friend of the show and uh, excellent at what he does. But he uh, took umbrage to some of the players in the Adelaide Leadership Group. Now, I'm not certain three of those players are guaranteed a spot in the side, let alone a spot in the Leadership Group. Now, to me, leadership, 90% of it is what you do on game day. Do you front up? Are you consistent? Do you stand up in big moments and do you perform to the level that you need to for the team? Mm. So there you go. And he sort of went on to say he was worried about uh, Darcy Fogarty, who's hasn't cemented his spot, Wayne Miller uh, and Lockie Murphy. 
Mitch Hinge was another one. He sort of said he's only played one good season. So I, for me, I'm I'm not certain that the the older traditional leadership, which I think is what Kane described, ninety percent of leadership is what happens on game day. I think that, and what we're seeing through the actions of AFL clubs is outdated. I think if if you went down that path, just pick your best player, Clayton Oliver, captain of Melbourne for the last three years. And now you can start to see that that's a little bit flawed, can't you, mm. in that regard? So, um, firstly, Lockie Murphy finished sixth in the best and fairest last year. Mitch Hinge finished fourth. All those players, I think the thing about what Adelaide have done here, all the players, Dawson, Murphy, Hinge, Millerus, uh, Keys, O'Brien and Fogg, minus Brody Smith, are all aged between 24 and 26. So this is a changing of the guard of Adelaide and it's a new demographic. Because Adelaide are hoping that they're going to go forward over the next three or four years and move into a successful period. I think they're looking to take these leaders through. So intentionally, I think Walker, Crouch, Laird, Sloan aren't part of that leadership group. So for me, it's more about what happens. uh, Well, not more about, but it is a lot about what happens away from the field, the way you uh, engage with everyone else, the relationships you build, the, the way that you try and make people better the way you prepare, the example you set, the standards you uh, adhere to, the standards you um, maintain and demand of your teammates. So I just I just think the days of, it's all about what you do on the oval is leadership. I just think we've moved past that. And with 44 players on the list, you want to be able to make sure that everyone feels like they can have a touch point with someone within that leadership group that they've got great trust and uh, and access to. It hasn't always been really the best player is the captain, though. I'm just I saying, mean, but it, but that that's because mo- no. With all due respect, you weren't the best player in '97, '98, or when you were captaining the Crows. Yes, you weren't the best and fairest winner consistently. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, so you were, you were best... selected for a particular reason too, which is great, I reckon. Yeah, but and and Kane mentioned, and and there is an element of. Um, it is important on game day to you're effectively representing the coach out on the field. So that's the same thing, maintaining standards, being able to drive standards, telling people that that last effort wasn't good enough, being able to to direct, but that's got nothing to do with how far you can kick the ball or how fast you can run. So, um, you know, we've, we've, you know, I think I looked up Stuart Maxfield, Stuart Maxfield, uh, was, uh, at Sydney, started his career at Richmond, went to Sydney, and along with Paul Ruse and, and Brett Kirk and others, was known as the architect of the Bloods culture. Now, um, in the end, in 2005, when they eventually won their premiership, he played five games before injuring his knee, and, and he was towards the end of his career, but he st- stood down as captain because um, from, from the injury. But he ends up going into their Hall of Fame, but I don't think anyone judges Stuart Maxfield well, 90% of his is not judged on what he did on the field. It's it's the culture he created. He's now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's now enduring. It's it's a legacy that that group has left that endures today that has set that club up. So so leadership isn't always about what happens in the two hours on a Saturday. I agree with you. And look at Richmond. Dustin Martin is by far their best player, but would he be considered to be the captain of Richmond? No. Mm. And if you look at their leadership group, probably during that time, well, Dylan Grimes is the, the skipper and, and he's, you know, in no means, he's, he's a great player. Let, let's not sort of miss that. But there's still so much 
is what happens off the field from Monday to Friday, I think is so important. And also <clears throat> the, like the story of some of the Adelaide players, like Ben Keys, delisted, goes out, trains with Adelaide, gets added as a rookie and then builds himself up top five, best and fairest sort of winner or sorry, um, finish for yep. two or three years in a row. Uh, now he's just elite with everything he does. So unbelievable example. And then you look at Riley O'Brien, a rookie listed player who gets to where he gets to. Lockie Murphy didn't get drafted, comes over, trains with Adelaide, supplements his income by working in the merchandise shop, then builds himself up to get on the rookie list. Then he gets a game and then he gets a, becomes a listed player. And then, as I said, finishes in the top six in the best and fairest last year. But everything he does is about one, making himself better and preparing really well, <clears throat> but also looking after other people and, and helping them get to where they want to get to. So it's, and that's, that's been Matthew Nix's theme around prioritizing others. But I think that um, that's a noble cause and that it's certainly working for Adelaide at the moment as they move forward and up the ladder in this sort of new rebuild that they've been undertaking over the last four or five years. The more you talk about it, the more it makes sense to me. And I want to use the example of someone like Lockie Murphy or Darcy Fogarty that, Let's say their positions aren't guaranteed in 2024. Mm. That gives them a position of strength as leaders because if one of their teammates was in a similar position, they can actually use lived experience and get around them as opposed to, let's say, Jordan Dawson going to a player that's bouncing between the Sandful mm. and the AFL team. Jordan Dawson is the first picked every week. He has no lived experience of doing that. So it's actually quite hard to relate to him. Well, and the one that I look to the most recent example is Tom Jonas. Like, so last year, I, I think if you talk to people at Port Adelaide, they would say that his respect grew last year mm. because he was out of the side, couldn't maintain his spot, but he was able to maintain that demeanor in terms of still, um, still setting the example at training, still helping others that were playing in the side that, that he wasn't playing in. Uh, and so I don't think his legacy was diminished at all because he wasn't playing. In actual fact, it was probably enhanced because he became seen as someone who was selfless, trying to help others, even though he wasn't playing in that team. So once again, it's, it's, everyone's got their opinion, but I feel like there is certainly a, um, a, there's a transition going on at Adelaide. And this is, a, I think it's a conscious effort to get the next generation of leaders through. Jordan Dawson has um, blossomed and his footy has got better since being a leader. I wonder whether they think that someone like Darcy Fogarty, with the added responsibility, may also improve as he sort of steps up into this position. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Some nominations for uh, inspirational people with two first names, like Tim David, who hit the winning runs for Australia last night. Jason Blake was famous for playing over 200 games and zero Brownlow votes. That's from Daniel. LeBron James, very good one. Um, Ange has also suggested women with two first names. Meg Ryan. Mm. Amy Adams, Shay Mitchell, Nicole Ritchie. Wow. They're good. Yeah, that's it. I think this is the last time we'll do this. We just realised there's so many out there. Yeah, but it's good. People are loving it, Mark Bickley. What is there? What about maybe next week we'll do people with two last names? Jasper McMillan Pittard. <laughs> no, I was thinking, now you can't really have. Go on. No, no, yeah, I just <laughs> see what I love is staring at you while your brain ticks over. No, I was just trying to think. Is there? What what constitutes a uh, a last name? Mm. Nothing. Probably could have had a meeting about it. Yeah. Bickley, Bickley. Walsh, All right. Walsh. No, I'd, I'd probably stop. Oh, look, <laughs> the news is here. Thankfully, save us. <laughs> Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh.
tyre power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Two minutes past seven. Good morning to you. Going for a top of 31 degrees today. Our text line is 0427154166. We're asking the question, um, who is your hero with two first names, just like Tim David, who hit the winning runs last night for Australia against New Zealand in Wellington? Um, we've got some... Skew if one's coming through as well, Bix. John John Florence. That's three um, first names. You John asked John. for two last names. Jarman Impey's come through. <laughs> Taylor Walker, Nick Murray, Charlie Edward. I mean, there's a lot of them, which is really good. Tim David was inspiring last night. So we thought we would speak to someone who has been absolutely outstanding representing Code Sports across the summer of cricket and will be ready for the footy season too. Bix, the last time I saw this man... I was sweating from every part of my body at mm. the Gabba, uh, 90% humidity. It was disgusting. So I looked my worst. He looked his best. Dan Cherney, good morning to you. Uh, you were wearing it very well, Jer- Well, she's good to be with you and you too, Bix. Yeah, g'day, uh, Daniel. Firstly, let's start with last night. That was uh, quite remarkable, that finish. Uh, Tim David just found a way and he's been in cracking form. Uh, at the moment, he's just dynamite. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's funny with Tim David. I mean, he's sort of so much wanted coming into the Australian setup and such an unconventional pathway, and really, there's such a thoroughly modern cricketer. You know, um, and doesn't have a state contract, goes around the global circuit making a lot of money, and uh, and then we sort of see him pop up every now and again. Obviously, in the Big Bash League, where he didn't have a great season with the Hobart mm-hmm. Hurricanes, and there was probably a little bit of doubt just as to whether he would um, cement his spot in that uh, T20 side ahead of the World Cup. Yeah, especially with a few good uh, middle-order contenders. Uh, you've got two very good keepers there in Josh Inglis and Matthew Wade, who both have claims to a spot. You've got guys like Matt Short, um, Aaron Hardy, Marcus Stoinis. So there was a bit, a bit of competition around in that middle order, but uh, you know he's proven over the last three or four games uh, why he's just a lock for that side. And then, uh, yeah, just pretty much won it. I'm not, I'm not completely, completely off his own bat last night because Mitch Marsh had a key role as well, but uh, just getting it done at the death, 31 not out of 10. Um, just uh, ice in his veins there at the end. And just, I mean, you look at the size of that guy, just the sheer power. Mm. Uh, it's just so hard to stop um, at uh, in key moments like that. And, and, he, and he proved it um, once more last night for Australia in, uh, in Wellington. And um, I mentioned earlier, it wasn't such a bad ball either. And he, he just put it into the absolute gap, which was enormous. But th- there was some discussion, uh, Daniel, around Australia resting some players, but Travis Head played and, and it was almost a full compliment. What was the, the thoughts there? And was there a, a slight change in uh, in plan? Look, I think um, they've identified this particular series and probably even this particular, I think that particular match is the one where they would try to bring together as close to a full-strength side as possible. I and mean, they rotated, they rested a lot of guys through the white ball series against the West Indies, which followed the uh, the home test summer. And then um, obviously got these two tests coming up against New Zealand starting next week. But um, with, with only three more T20 internationals, now only two more, uh, ahead of the T20 World Cup, uh, I think they, they saw this as a chance to try to get um, get as many of the big guns back as possible. I think particularly this this match where uh, you know you still got a, a week or so before the first test starts, so there's probably a bit more leeway. Um, you're probably less more likely to rest. I would imagine some of the big three quicks, perhaps for the, that final game on the on the weekend. Um, but you know here they wanted to to make sure they have it cl- as close to as full strength as possible, which probably spells a bit of bad news for uh, for Steve Smith. Um, given that he wasn't in that 11, I think at the moment he is, you know, he does face an uphill battle to make it. I think he probably is a backup batter at best in that, in that World Cup squad. You've also got Matthew Wade, of course, to return 
who uh, who missed that match through the birth of uh, his child, and uh, and then guys like Marcus Stoinis, um in particular, who's uh, who's missed the two or three injuries. So there's still a few guys who are probably on the fringes who could yet work their way back in. But no, it was is it, you're right, you're right, Vicks. It was. Uh, close to the best 11 that they have uh, have available. Just before we turn our attention to footy, we saw you reporting this morning, Dan, that it's unlikely Australia will play against Afghanistan and it's definitely not going to be in Afghanistan, of course, if that match or that series does go underway. So they're, they're probably looking towards it not happening? Yeah, look, I think it's, it's still up in the air. Um, there, it's, it's interesting here with C- for CA who have um, made this call in recent times since the Taliban Return to power, and and you know clearly you understand the reasons why they they've opted to um, to opt out of playing Afghanistan in bilateral series. I mean, there's probably a, an element of a double standard there when they play them in ICC tournaments. Although I, I understand the distinction. So it's the problem, not well, problem depends on which which way you look at it. But ultimately, it's not as though things have really improved much in Afghanistan uh, at all. I don't, I don't say I don't profess to be a complete expert across the um, across. Um, the humanitarian situation, but by all accounts, it's no better for, for women or girls. If anything, it might be getting, might be getting worse. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I suppose it's hard to say what. It's hard to suggest what might have changed, unless they they feel as though they've sort of made their statement. But so uh, yeah, it's supposed to play three T20 internationals under the Future Tours program in August. Um, the players at the moment have been told to sort of prepare as though they are happening, but I don't think that necessarily means that they they will happen. And yeah, as you said, that they'll happen in the UAE if they uh, they do go ahead. Um, let's send our attention to football. The AFL hasn't had a great 36 hours. Uh, Joel Smith has had his uh, sort of drug charges, looks like they've been upgraded to consider uh, trafficking and supplying. And Taron Thomas looks like he's facing a lengthy period on the sidelines for for his, um, I guess, transgressions uh, you know, against women in terms of uh, violence and predatory behaviour. Not ideal and not something that the AFL want to be talking about when you're two weeks out from footy. No, no, of course not, Bix. I mean, uh, look, the off-season, I suppose, is always that period where um, clubs and the league uh, are always nervous that uh, these things will happen. And look, the truth of the matter is that across a broad uh, cross-section of players, um, things are going to bob up. And, uh, you know, clearly two players shouldn't take the entire playing group. But... um, yeah, I mean they're, they're they're obviously nasty headlines for the league, and that they are a distraction. Um, you know, both serious issues in their own right. Um, clearly, you're, you're right. The Joel Smith situation is elevated, which is already looking a bit grim for him, and, and perhaps for Melbourne it was elevated another couple of levels when when those further charges, um, which you know, appear at face value to be much more serious, um, came to light. And then there's the broader questions about what that means for Melbourne Football Club. And I know Max Gorn yesterday spoke and sort of rejected any suggestion that the club had a a drug culture, but certainly, you know, um, mud sticks a bit when it comes to, to things like this. And then the, the Taron Thomas saga has been, you know, drawn out. Um, clearly, you know, this is um, he's had several transgressions, as, as you touched on. Um, I mean, not, you know, clearly only a fraction of it has played out publicly in terms of the specifics, but you know, from what it sounds like, there, there, there is a, a glut of text, text messages. And um, it doesn't seem to be a guy who, who was learnt um, who has learned? I mean, I, I, you know, I think he's protested his innocence at certain levels, but um, you know, it's hard to imagine he's not facing a, a, a monster suspension. And then, you know, if he does get that for the bulk of the season, uh, hard to see how he would play again for North Melbourne or, or perhaps for any club in the AFL. Uh, it's a, um, a shame at some level for North Melbourne, although they did put it past 
uh, yesterday with, with a very impressive uh, match simulation win against Collingwood. Of course, in mid-February, the Pies had a lot out, but um, you know, given the low ebb from which North Melbourne are coming from on the field, uh, that was a real cause for optimism for, for North fans, and there's, there's a lot of excitement around the roost this time of year. Just before we let you go, we also saw on Code Sports yesterday that uh, Peter Vlandis has declared the NRL has dethroned the AFL as Australia's number one sport. Is he okay? <laughs> I'm surprised that he thought it needed to be dethroned. I would have thought he would have thought that the league was already number one already. <laughs> um, uh, he's, um, now Peter Vlandis is great for Australian sport. He makes things very colourful. Um, you know, throws, throws a few darts out there. Um, Sees if, you know, sees if the AFL bites on any of these things. Look, it's good to have... I think he'd be perfectly suits rugby league and racing, you know, they need to make a bit of a song and dance, a bit of a splash. He's taken them to Vegas. Um, you know, clearly he's, he's not without some skill and and, um, and some cheek. So, uh, uh, look, we'll see how they go in Vegas. Uh, look, league, but from afar, seems to be going very, very well at the moment. But um, I still suspect that it suggests, it suggests that the AFL Still hasn't covered on many key metrics, but um, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Mm. Look, I guess the fact that it's played, you know, nationally here, sort of in pretty much every state. This is AFL as opposed to the NRL, which is sort of, sort of mostly mostly Eastern Seaboard, not much else. But anyway, um, and I think if the AFL are worried in their off season, I reckon the NRL will be a little bit worried about this trip to Vegas, wouldn't they? I reckon once the game finishes, they'd be. Wanting to get him on the plane pretty quick. Wouldn't want him to let him loose there. But, uh, Daniel, we love chatting to you. Thanks very much for your, your discussion this morning. No, no worries, guys. Good to be with you. Dan Chani there from Code Sports. You can always uh, have uh, listen to what he has to say and read his amazing articles. You can follow him on the socials as well. It is 12 minutes past seven. Going to come back with more nominations for um, legends with two first names, Mark Bickley. And don't forget, a little bit later on this morning, we are going to be joined by the voice of F1, David Croft. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 17 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. We are in studio Lumo and powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Bix, um, as we give a little bit of a sports update, what we like to do is have a look at the Champions League, which is happening right now. So uh, a few games this morning. First leg of the round of 16, Porto and Arsenal, currently in the 48th minute, uh, nil all. And Napoli and Barcelona are also nil all right now. So not much happening. There was a lot happening in Wellington last night with Tim David. Yes, indeed. If you're just waking up, Tim David uh, used a combination of brute force and icy nerves to deliver Australia a remarkable last ball win in the series opening T20 International against New Zealand. He finished on 31, not out from just 10 balls. They needed 43 off the last three overs. He needed a four off the last ball and he was able to deliver it. Salvi up against Tim David. Right hand quick against right hand batsman. David hits powerfully to the onside. Into a gap at deep pocket. He's won the game. Tim David. A brilliant, brilliant cameo at the end. Alongside his heroic captain Mitch Marsh. Who's put on a clinic himself at seven sixes. But Tim David has come in and slammed the door on New Zealand's face. 
Two first names. We are celebrating the fact that he's a legend. A text coming through from Daniel, 0427-154-166. Alir Alir, does he have two first names or two last names? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. A very good question. Uh, just quickly, Mitch Marsh, 72, not out of 44, by the way. It was very good. It actually got you thinking about someone else who has two first names, who has scored the winning runs for Australia before. Yes. Michael Bevan. What a night this was against the West Indies, four off the last ball he needed. It's Michael Bevan's evening at the Sydney Cricket Ground. What a shot under pressure. Maybe there's a thing in two first names hitting winning runs for Australia. That's It's quite remarkable, isn't it? It is remarkable. You also were overreacting before or suggesting that some sections of the media were mm. overreacting in regards to the Adelaide Football Club and their eight-man leadership group, a text coming in. I mean, this is... This is quite a regular thing, which I'm fascinated by because I wasn't around during this time. Mm. Um, inspirational leadership equals Mark, well, this is Mark Buckley, but Mark Bickley passing wind while the coach addresses players at halftime of a final. Not. Now, I'm not someone who passes wind, so. Um, <laughs> People will know by my uh, uh, shock when you said that, that you quite regularly. So this is folklore in, in, in that this studio. in 1993, it was. Well, uh, well, this is, this is a, this is a fun story. Yeah. That people that have been around locker rooms know that the people are passing wind quite regularly. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and this, what happened is people are saying this was the difference because I did something at half time, And then of course we went on to lose the game after being seven goals in front. Let's just say it's been. Did everyone stop no, when the wind was passed? No, no. It, it, see, this is the thing. It was it was a silent but deadly sort of stop scenario. So nobody even knew that it actually actually happened. And then I think one person might have mentioned it after the game. And then that one person has now turned it into this. Have you had a chat with Graham Corns about it? No, never. He, he, I don't think he's a kind of... A fan of flatulent the sort of wind. disgusting sort of guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's why I like him because neither am I. <laughs> so you can actually play in tune if you had to. That's that's how you go. That's how you roll. Um, it's, is, it's quite. This is it's, defamation. <laughs> well, you're going to deny it, are you? Could, could you, with a straight face, say that you don't um, pass right. wind? I tell you what, I will look directly into the cameras here at Studio Lumo, <laughs> which aren't working today, coincidentally, but that's okay. Um, please continue sending in suggestions of people with two first names. Matt has said, Todd Marshall, there's another good one. There's lots of people with two first names. I would almost, well, they've had that many. There's probably more than people who've just got one first name. We've had more people text in about people with two first names than Melbourne's culture problem, which shows that we're just waiting for football. It's 22 minutes past seven on SENSA. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. 27 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Shout out to Tire Power. You can get your free five-minute safety check. Mark Bickley, the text line has blown up this morning. 0427 154 166 after the heroics of Tim David. 
Two first names. Normally, people with two first names are untrustworthy. And today, we have found out that people with two first names, there's a lot of them, mm. a lot of very influential people as well. We started with Tim David. We went to Michael Bevan. Michael Jordan's there as well. Todd Marshall was a suggestion. Um, Peter Brock was one that came through from Matt. Well, racing is quite strong because you've got Peter Brock. You've got Jim Richard. Richards. Mm. Um, who else we got? Dick Johnson. Do we? Johnson. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. First name. Uh, and then you've got uh, Dustin Martin. That's a good one. What about Slim Dusty? Slim Dusty's not bad. Okay. Mm. Um, to straighten up a little bit, we had a text from uh, Daniel that said, how many goals could Nick Suvlaki kick if he played for a good side? Plenty. I think he'll go all right this year. I think North Melbourne will improve. We've got some talented youngsters. North Ball. North Ball is what they're calling it. But anyway, we'll see. They'll start off pretty strong, and then they generally fall in a hole with some of those young players getting tired. But anyway, I think they're on the right track. And Alistair Clarkson, one thing we know about him, he's quite innovative. So he's, uh, he's changed the game before, the way he uh, set Hawthorne up in 2008. So let's see Sam can, Mitchell. Let's see if he can do it Two again. Two first names. Sam Mitchell. There you go. What Matthew about? Nick. <laughs> We're fatiguing. Please help us out. We've got that $150 golf box voucher to give away. Uh, next, Captain's Caller. Not too far away, we are going to be sport, uh, speaking to the voice of F1, David Croft on SEM. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. 27 to 8. Good morning to you. A warm one today. 31 degrees, as we just heard in the news, Bix. A lot of gym goers and people wanting to work out are out and about this morning because we're going to get to 31 degrees. So um, if you are exercising, you know, the CEO of Port Adelaide, Matt Richardson, listens to us while walking his dog, Daniel Norton. Likes to run around and have a listen to our show. So people are exercising in the morning. Yeah. Um, odds. Yeah, he's always walking his dog this time of morning. Maybe he's finished. Are you a morning or afternoon exercise type of guy? Well, when you start at 4.30 in the morning, it's hard to, to <sighs> I normally you like do to it do three it. days a week, mate. Know, Just calm like down. To, if, if it's possible to do it before work, that is good. It's sort of get up and get at them and sort of start the day right. I'd prefer to do that, but um, difficult on work days. Do you find it intimidating now that you're at Westlakes a few days a week going into the Crows gym by having a look at all these buff young athletes? Well, I mean, you're still good, but. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, well, that's why I go in. If I ever go in, I haven't yet. I'll be going in very early mm. on those days and sort of when it's no one else is there. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I'm, not, I'm hardly going to sort of stroll down there at 11.30. I reckon and, you should, you just, should wear just, your Guernsey. Just join in. Yeah, you should try and run out there like that guy that tried to walk out with Manchester United in the English cricket team and just be part of it. Just go out and do a training session with him. Um, 0427-154-166. We're looking for successful people with two first names like Tim David, who hit the winning runs for Australia last night in Wellington. Mona Lisa is a suggestion. Most famous one. Not bad. Ron Jeremy. Was listed yep. there as a text message. Nick Maxwell, Wayne Daniel, Daniel Ricardo, Malcolm Marshall. Yeah, see, there's lots of them. I love the people that are contributing to this. Thank you so much, everybody. It's time for this. 
Captain's Call on SENSA Breakfast. Captain's call, I just ask you questions, Bix, and you're going to be honest. You've got to get the splinters out of your backside. You yeah. can't sit on the fence. You can't be beige. You can't be boring. You have to give us an opinion. Are you okay vanilla. with that? Yep. Because you've been known to be a bit vanilla sometimes, <laughs> and that's okay. It's your favourite type of ice cream. No, I, I would say, rather than vanilla, I, I would say I'm more considered. You are considered. And I like, we had a, ch- a conversation yesterday off air which we don't need to reveal everything we said, but you said curious is one of your values. And I love mm. that. You are curious. Mm. And I enjoy hearing your curiosity about things because it allows you to have an informed opinion instead of just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> okay. Move on. Do you have to be one of the team's best players to be in the leadership group? Uh, no. All right. We've, we've actually, we, we touched on that. What time was that? Probably uh, 10 to 7. 10 to 7 this morning. We just talked about it's really about the standards you set, the behaviours that you display, and if those behaviours align with what the, the the values of the footy club are, well, that that's good enough for me. And that's what pretty much when you vote for the leadership group, you're voting for the people that represent the behaviours and the values that you all want to sort of display to be who you are as a footy club. And so that's that's generally how it works. And those players that do that, often enough, they're seen as the leaders. He's the captain of Melbourne, Max Gorn, yesterday. I'm incredibly bullish that we've got the right, the right, the right culture. No culture's ever fixed. I know Trax said this heaps. Um, we're always working on it. In terms of the actual drug culture that the expression's been used, I go back to that original comment. And, and, until someone tells me that the hair tests that we have done are proving that we're a drug culture, that's the only marker that we have. Mm. Is it better saying your culture is a reflection of society? as opposed to saying it's perfect when you know it's not. I think you're referring to Gary Pert earlier in the year when he said that it's the best culture he's been involved with for 40 years. I think everyone sort of said, oh, hang on a minute, there's a few things that have popped up recently and you're saying it's the best that you've ever seen. I'm also suggesting with Max Gorn coming out yesterday, someone needed to talk on behalf of Melbourne. But if he, was, the, he was at the launch of an Auskick. Yep. Uh, um, so, so is it something totally different? And then all the media turned up. They're going to ask the questions, they're though. They're going to ask the question. I, 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 hold on. What I'm asking, though, is Max, Max Gorn yesterday in what he was saying suggested the drug culture and everything about Melbourne, right? And we know that there's there's been um, AFL players across numerous clubs which have mm. been caught with illicit substances. There were a couple of players at Adelaide a few years ago. Yep. Um, if the police report and what's been alleged in the media is that some other players have received text messages seeking interest in illicit drugs, then there may be a problem which mm. is a reflection of society. Mm. The, the difference with a reflection of society, though, is society is made up of a whole range of people and, and, and everyone is chucked in there. So you've got... Um, you know, low socioeconomic people. You've got people that have uh, were privileged to have a really great education. You've got lots of different areas, and you've got people who, uh, from chronic unemployment or lack opportunity, or uh, uh, from other countries, and they come here and and they they're starting with nothing. The difference with football clubs and elite sporting clubs is, and, and particularly the AFL, where you get to choose. You get to choose the people that you want. You get to choose, you interview them and you and you vet them effectively. And now I know football ability is one part of it, but you still get to vet the character part as well. And you can 
choose who you want. So you are hand-picking a group. So I would suggest that, that football clubs and elite sporting teams should have a higher, um, uh, what would you say? You should have a, you can't just say they're, they're just a reflection of society because they're not. They're hand-picked. They're the cream of the crop in, in some respects. So they, they should be at a higher level than just saying, oh, they're a total reflection of society. I, I just feel like that's a standard to, to aim towards. Now, it's not always going to be the case because there's lots of different personalities in a footy club. I think the truest word that Max Gorn said is your culture is always a work in progress. And I think that is the case. Now, I think that it ebbs and flows and it goes up and it goes down. Or well, right now, I think Max probably needed to concede that our culture right now is being absolutely challenged. Yep. And so you've got a list of 40 players. And if, if Joel Smith is one of them and he's sent multiple text messages and let's say sent it to four people, if five people out of 40, that's if 10 to 15% of your people are being asked about drugs or using drugs, that, I think that's, that's alarming. Um, and that's not to say that it, it, there's other clubs that aren't the same, but what, what I'm saying to Max is, is right now that that culture is being challenged, and and they need to be able to um, show that that they're working their best to to come through it. And part of that will be a united front, and we get to see that united front when we watch them play footy and how they band together. Now I think this will go two ways. It'll either galvanise them as a team and as a footy club. They'll say stuff the world. They don't know what's going on. We know what's going on. Watch us show you. Or this constant reference to it uh, with Max and with Christian Petrarca and Jack Viney and these other guys who I think most people respect and look at them as sort of outstanding citizens. It may become too much and too much of a, a load to bear and it might impact on their performance. Here's Josh Carr asking why he pulled out of the Richmond job. Yeah, look, I, I'd made a really big move, I guess, coming, well, two big moves, one going over to Perth and then coming back and I have four kids that, that are at school and I guess the, the whole thought process going into doing that again to, to a young family, I just felt I was in a really good position right now um, at Port and I'm really happy with, I guess, the conversation sitting down with Ken and, uh, and the footy club about you know, preparing for my future and just making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And I felt you've got to have a balance with family and football and I felt the, the right balance is to stay here. Is Josh Carr just waiting until Ken Hinkley eventually leaves? In my mind, yes. Okay, thank you. Mm. Um, what's more insignificant, North Melbourne having North Ball and beating Collingwood's VFL side on a Wednesday morning or the Balaclava A-grade announcing a 19-man leadership group? <laughs> what you're saying is let's not read too much into uh, North Melbourne winning that match. I think it's positive, though. Like the one thing that North haven't done is experience what winning feels like and what playing good footy feels like and kicking goals. Now, whether that's against the lesser opposition, I don't mind that. Winning is winning and they need to do more of it because there's lots of players in that team that have had a lot of losing and losing can become a habit. Okay, I'll add one. Should North Melbourne have a ticker tape parade down Arden Street for defeating Collingwood's <laughs> VFL side on a Wednesday morning? I think you're disrespecting Alistair Clarkson here. North ball. Okay, um, the state footy match between South Australia and Victoria is gather round the right time to play it. Mm. I'm questioning this. Um, I think what they're trying to do is tap into maybe lots of Victorian people are coming to South Australia for gather round. And maybe if their team is playing on a, 
a Sunday, a Saturday night, a Friday night, a Thursday night, that they might be drawn. If they're staying in the city, jump on the tram, go to Glenelg and support Victoria versus South Australia. My fear is that we've got nine games in South Australia on that weekend. And if you're going to rank them in, in terms of a spectacle and, and standard, I think the state game is the 10th ranked game on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether it just gets lost. Uh, do you think Brian Gorgian pulled out of the 36ers race due to availability or a bit of cashola? Don't know. Yep. Um, honestly, I've got no line of sight on that. So it, it's better for me just to be upfront and say I've got no idea. What do you think? You would have a line of sight on that perhaps. I think he would um, command a fair amount of cash. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, you, I also I also think moving to Adelaide's a big decision for a lot of people. Like we we love it here. We know it's great, but Brian Gorgian will have lots of opportunities and offers to coach. He's a coach of the national team at the moment. Mm. Um, I, I think it'd be a bit of both. So so potentially finances could have been an issue. So yep. let, let's say Brian Gorgian is double the price of Scott Ninnis. Yep. People may say, well, is he twice as good a coach? That's exactly right. Mm. Yep. Uh, a couple more. Do you reckon the Australian cricket team needs to have a look at their merch? Dark green and yellow isn't the fun green and gold or canary yellow. I think it's boring, by the way. Mm. I, I think the the endless need to come up with a new strip for every different series you play or every 18 months, I just think is, um, yeah, you end up with... Good ones and bad ones, and yeah, this probably isn't the best. I'm a merch guy, and walking around all the venues over summer, it's not creative enough, and I think they need to change it up a bit. And now is the perfect time for someone of my age to look at retro kits, as in some of the the older kits that the players Mm. wore, because I'll be buying that stuff because it makes me feel a little bit retro. So Port Adelaide, for example, this year will have a 20th anniversary Guernsey of the one that they wore against Brisbane in that grand final in 04. Mm. That will sell out so fast. It's the same as Adelaide when they release their gather round top. Adelaide have got a Guernsey this year. Their away strip is a throwback to yeah. an away strip they wore in 2002. That will sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Uh, vintage and retro is in, and I think the Australian cricket team can have a look at I it. I think before the uh, Cricket Australia put their heads towards that, let's start with the Big Bash, which is as big as any sort of cricket we have um, in Australia. It goes for a couple of months, and we're glued to it. You can't have two teams in identical outfits. When the strikers play the heat, they both wear the same kit. Yep. It's just, it's laughable. Uh, two more. Mm. Um, Max Gorn said Clayton Oliver's return is inspiring. He was inspired by it. If you were a club and Taron Thomas was delisted at season end, would you look at him to create his own redemption story? Personally, no. Okay. Um, Don Pike is saving the West Coast Eagles. He's the saviour. He's the hero. The inflatable run-through is gone. The fitness coach is gone. This horrific Birds of Tokyo song is is gone. They're back to this. Do you think he should bring in a Power Rangers stance and a camp next? (laughs) I no, I don't think he should do that. But this is what I think. I think Don Pike is a uh, 
he makes things happen. He's a happening, you know, he's a bang the desk type of guy. He's come in and he's just gone with the low lying fruit. Let's give the fans what they want. They don't like this new song. Let's let's get rid of that. Let's give them the old song. The song that I played in premierships under in 92 and 94. That's what he would have said. Bang the desk. Get rid of that bloody inflatable run through. Let's have a banner like every other bloody team. Yep. Now, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? We're a crap footy club at the moment. Let's just get back to basics. So I reckon he's taken some low-lying fruit, given the uh, the supporters a few wins, mm. so they feel like something is different because... Well, winning games of football will feel different that, that for would, them. That would be absolutely different because the last couple of years, it's been same, 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 and it's been bad. So... Um, Bit of a, a, a broom through the place, which I think was uh, long overdue. Good addition, Mark Pickley. We're in studio, Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Jess has sent through a text on 0427-154-166. It's a very good one about Melbourne. We'll read it out next. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Seven minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, in the next couple of moments, we are going to be joined by the voice of F1, David Croft, who's at the Ark in a few weeks for a wonderful evening. Um, Bix, in a moment, we need your nomination for Pull Up Your Socks. All day socks by Underworks. Comfiest ever socks. We also could use one of the nominations from a text message we had in relation to the trial game tomorrow night at Albert. And we'll get to that in a moment. Um, Jess says, fellas, will the Melbourne investigation move to checking the phone records of all those players who got a text from Joel Smith to check if they accepted the offer of the drugs? Mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure um, what sort of disclosure stuff that AFL players have. Do they have to hand over your phone to, and give access to it? I'm not sure. Good question, though, Jess, because, well, I would think if they've got Joel Smith's phone and someone answered, the answer would be on Joel Smith's phone. You wouldn't have to confiscate all the other phones because the messages would have come back. I, I, once again, I'm just assuming without having any knowledge whatsoever. So, um, yes, there there could well be a postscript if there are players that, that may be drawn into this. And, and I bet you every uh, investor to give journalist in Melbourne is trying to work out who are the players at Melbourne who that message was sent to. Some football updates for you currently in the Champions League, uh, the first leg. In the round of 16, Porto and Arsenal are nil all at the moment. Barcelona have scored, so they are leading Napoli 1-0 at the moment, Bix. And there was also a Premier League match, which just is about to conclude. Uh, Liverpool have extended their lead at the top of the table. So Liverpool have defeated or will defeat Luton Town, who are, remember the the new team into the Premier League that people could go into the grandstand and view into other people's bathrooms and see them having baths because it's basically a very suburban kind of place. Um, They are going to win 4-1. So a good win for Liverpool. All right, let's do this. At least do something. Do. Don't think. Think. Don't hope. At least you can come up and say, I did this, or I shivered it, or I played on. At least I did something. Pull up your socks on SENSA Breakfast. All day socks by Underworks. Comfiest ever socks for that new sock feeling wash after wash. I'd like to try them. If the people from um, Underworks are listening, send them in. We'll try them on, please. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about, in terms of pulling up your socks, the NBL. 
their finals programming has just been released and there's been a couple of uh, unfriendly, unfamiliar times. The Jack Jumpers cop the unfamily friendly time of 5.30pm on a Wednesday and the New Zealand Breakers are going to have to play uh, their game starts in Australia uh, just after 7.30 and that's going to start in New Zealand. Uh, after 9.30, so mm. um, go into the night there and be a bit later. They're saying um, it's hard because you don't know who's going to qualify for the finals. You've got to book stadiums months in advance. It's very, very difficult. But the finals are meant to be the premier event of the season and should somehow be able to be given premier time slots, I would have thought. It's been a fair bit of conjecture about time slots yesterday. There were a lot of people yesterday watching the North Melbourne-Collingwood game in a preseason match at 10 a.m. There were a lot of people there. We also had a text coming through from Costa, 0427-154-166. He had a bit of a pull-up-your-socks nomination mm. too. Did you want to read out Costa's text? I, I think you should read it out because if I read it out, I might get a whack. Oh, fine. Guys, why did they go and put the game at Alberton at 5 p.m.? Not only... Is it at Alberton, which is a great thing? I added that, <laughs> but it, it's it's at a time when most of us are just finishing work or close to finishing work. This is from Costa. This, this is where net. it gets it, controversial. This mm. is Costa. Mm. Crows fans have jobs. We contribute to society. That's from Costa. Mm. We're not sitting around at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon waiting to go to a practice footy match. It's from Costa. Oh boy, that's why I left it for you. I wasn't touching that. Jeepers. That's a sweeping generalisation. Mm. David Kosh contributes to society. Koshta. <laughs> he does. I mean, if you want to get into sweeping generalisations. Our Premier's a Port fan. He's contributing to our society. It's going to be a lot of Port Adelaide people that will be... Um, it's just now we're going to start a back and forth. No, I'm just It'll saying... It'll be the apricot slice, you know, and the Chardonnay set. They'll start rolling in now. Just feel free tomorrow to consume as much um, food and beverages responsibly, of course, at the precinct. And we're looking forward to the Adelaide fans putting back into the Port Adelaide Football Club. And if and when you get a home base, we might come and support yours. Just saying. This is what happens. Costa's thrown the bait out and you've just bitten not only the bait, the hook and the sinker. You've just just taken All I'm saying is tomorrow night, when you get to go to Albert in beautiful conditions, about 23 degrees, have a look around and go, it's aspirational. You can dream. It's a wonderful place to go. Mm. The MG High Performance Set is awesome. Westlakes is great. I love going around the housing area. Why have you gone quiet? Well, because I don't want to buy in. I don't want to start saying, pack your club lock and lock your car up and all that sort of stuff when you go. <laughs> because nobody wins out of this, the back and forth. All right? <laughs> so we're not going to enter into it. Yeah. All right, Costa. we got Malcolm Blight on the line for you, Costa. Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs> we're going to be talking to David Croft next. Hour. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Two minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Massive thanks to Tire Power to Selected Falcon Tires at 25% off. Now, Mark Bickley, before we get David Croft on the line, did you want to read out a couple of text messages and also how people can get in touch with the show? <laughs> hey, Costa, here are the facts. 
Average income per member is more for a Port Adelaide member and per head, Port Adelaide supporters spend more in the CBD on game day. Finally, Costa, take a big deep breath in and take note of what an actual football club looks like. That's from Dan. So this is what this is what I didn't want to get into. There's another one. Costa, enjoy listening to the game while trying to hide it from your boss at work while I'm enjoying the game. And what does Will say? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> can't, can't do that. Now, we've got North Ball and we've got Baz Ball. And all I can say is if you, if you sort of use that and put – David Kosh's name at the front and then sort of use your imagination. That's what Port are going to be playing. You can say Kosh ball. Well, but I'm, I'm guessing he wants to pronounce it slightly different, differently. I did not read into that whatsoever. Well, why? Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> What's our text number? Yeah, good question. It's right in front of you. 0427 144 <laughs> Well, Bix, this is very exciting. David Croft is bringing his highly popular show to Adelaide to display his enormous talents, not only as the doyen of Formula One race broadcasting, but also as a true entertainer. It's happening at the Ark, which is an incredible venue. On the 17th of March at 7pm, you do not want to miss it. A highly interactive show, laughs, insights, prize giveaways, auctions, Audience participation. This is going to be brilliant in Mad March. Sure we are so blessed to be joined by the man himself on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you, David Croft. Good morning to you too. How are you? Uh, we're very well and very much looking forward to having a chat to you, not only about the show, which we'll get to in a moment, but um, I, I guess mm-hmm. reflecting on an interesting, well, I mean, kind of interesting Formula One season, quite predictable, moving into a new one to win 2024. There's a lot to talk about. There is always something to talk about, hence the live show, to be honest. It's something Martin Brundle told me way back in 2006, which was my, uh, my first ever season in Formula One. Seems like a, a, an age ago now. Uh, we were having lunch in Brazil, and I said, don't you ever get, find that you've got nothing to say because you're on the telly and I'm on the radio and I can talk about the weather and pigeons and all that sort of thing. He went, no, Crofty, there is always something to talk about, which is something I've held very clear for the entirety of my career. And you know what? As ever, Martin Brundle wasn't wrong. Always something going on. I mean, there was, I was thinking, it was going to be a really dull start to the season, but what happened in the last few weeks? I mean, it's just gossip central in Formula One. Yeah, well, let's start with Christian Horner and Red Bull. Huge, hugely successful last year, dominated the competition, and now under investigation, a, a bit of a, a cloak of secrecy. What do you know? Well, listen, there's so many rumours flying around, uh, but 350 Grand Prix's worth of experience has taught me not to listen to rumours. And also, never to say never in Formula One is what can happen in this sport. Um, I I don't know what the story is. Only those involved and Red Bull are trying to get to the bottom of exactly what's happened. Uh, And whenever they find out what's happened, I would hope that the appropriate action is taken in that respect. Um, Formula One have come out today uh, at Liberty, uh, the commercial rights holder, and said they quite like a swift end to this, and the FIA have backed that up as well. Ford Motor Company are watching from int- uh, with interest from America to say, look, we have our standards. We expect them to be adhered to as well. But we don't know what's happened, so there's no point speculating at this moment uh, in time. It, will it affect the Red Bull team? I, I, I don't know. Only those with, within Red Bull can say that. Uh, Christian Horner was, was front and centre at the launch last week. 
And it was a launch that attracted a lot of attention for, for a lot of the right reasons as well. And that's the car, which looks very, very different to the car that they dominated with uh, last year. And that's kind of what I'm interested in at the moment as we go into testing this week. How quick is that car going to be? And there's, there's no reason to think it won't be an absolute rocket ship and we won't get more Max Verstappen dominance. So fingers crossed that others have found a lot more pace as well because uh, otherwise we're going to have to get used to that Dutch and, national, uh, Dutch and Austrian national anthem combo, which isn't perhaps the most exciting national anthem combo we've ever heard. No, we don't like hearing that consistently. We were very fortunate here in Adelaide over January to be graced with the presence of Valtteri Bottas, who was here supporting Tiffany Cromwell, mm. his, his partner in the um, the Tour Down Under, I had the opportunity to speak with him. And first of all, the access that he gives to everybody was it was amazing. It kind of puts our Australian athletes to shame, but also to see and get his insight, David, into um, his future and where what he's going to be doing with his team. Um, there's also uncertainty for him because uh, basically yeah. his team has to change its name depending on the country that it's in. Um, all the fact due to the sponsors so um he's got an interesting 24 months coming up yeah which often you know when you first hear that, that, that his team are going to be changing their name because their sponsor cannot advertise in certain countries you think oh that's just ludicrous isn't it mm. but money talks and and every team even with a budget cap certainly needs money we'll be calling them sauber because i think that's the one one name we could actually call them all season long yes. without having to change it um, but but they are the Hinville team, the Sauber team. They're a bit in limbo at the moment. Two years time, they're going to be Audi, and and Valtteri Bottas would dearly love to stay with them until they become Audi. And in a way, I really hope that he does because he's exactly the sort of driver they need going forward in terms of uh, developing, understanding what's needed. You know, being that calm, professional. You know, driver that you can trust and rely on at all times. He might not be the quickest man in the Grand Prix ever, but he's not bad over one lap, and he's a very dependable driver, and, and he's quite marketable as well, as he's proven mm. since he left Mercedes, and he's going to be down at the Adelaide Festival as well, and I can't wait to catch up with him there, because I haven't seen much of him over the winter. Love spending time with Valtteri. Uh, there, there are a couple of nights that we've spent time together, and I don't really remember too much about what happened, uh, and, and I blame... I blame him entirely for that one, to be fair. Uh, but he's, he's a great guy. And, and you're right, very giving of his time, very approachable. You know, and, and let's face it, you know, was a pretty decent teammate to Lewis Hamilton all those years. Well, you mentioned Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Um, did, you, did you get any inclination that he was going to make the announcement that he did to where he's headed to Ferrari in 2025? Yeah, listen, it, it will be. It will be far. I'm far too modest to say that I said it back in 2019. But I said it back in 2019. <laughs> to be fair, and you can go online and Google that, and it's it's all there. Um, I, I I've always thought that Lewis Hamilton would would end up his career at Ferrari and would go to Ferrari at, 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 towards the end of his career. Why not? The, the pull of the, the prancing horse is. Is, is way too strong to completely ignore. And he's never, he's never denied that he would be happy driving for Ferrari. But the timing, I don't think, has been right in the past. The timing is probably right now or for 2025. He's not leaving a, a, well, he's leaving a winning team, but he's not leaving a team that's winning at the moment, mm. if that makes sense. Mercedes and uh, Lewis have had great success together. You know, but there comes a time in every sports person's career where you think, right, maybe I need a bit of a fresh challenge. Maybe I need some, some fresh surroundings. And maybe I need just to try and 
and energize myself in a different location. And, and, and it made complete sense to me the minute that that story broke that, that Lewis will be going. And I wish him well, and I hope it's going to be a real success because I think it will be great for Formula One. I think it will be great for Lewis. And, and look, let's face it, to see... <laughs> see Lewis Hamilton potentially win, and I'm getting well ahead of myself here, <laughs> three you know, world championships with three different teams, to me would absolutely cement, and not that we need that extra concrete, but would cement his position, in my mind, as the greatest Formula One driver we've ever had. But hey, thank you so much this morning for having a chat with us. We are so looking forward to it. March the 17th, uh, 17th, I should say, 7 p.m. at the Arkabar Hotel. David Croft is going to bring his interactive show. There's laughs, there's insights, there's prize giveaways, there's live auctions. Everyone's going to get involved. If you are a fan of motorsport, and in particular, Formula One, you are going to love the show, and uh, we can't wait to uh, come and say good day, David. Well, I can't wait either. It'd be great to see you guys. Uh, the uh, Arkabar Hotel, top of the arc, St. Patrick's Day. Bring your own Guinness. David Croft, thank you so much for joining us on SENSA. And Bix, you did some of your best work at the Arkabar Hotel in the late 90s, I reckon. Is back that true? In, back in the day. I can't remember that far. There's still a photo of you at the Ark at Sporty's Bar. You know, when Title Town happened, holding up that trophy, I reckon, mm. with, um, who are we holding? Was Rachel right. Spawn there? Catherine Harvey. Catherine Harvey was and there. And Brett Maher. Well, there you go. Mm. Legends. And so was the man we just spoke to, David Croft, on SENSA Breakfast. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. 16 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. The text machine is working, unlike our TVs here today, Mark Bickley, um, because you... You like to watch Fox footy and have a look at highlights of yourself every morning, but... Well, how, how... Let's debunk that statement. What do you mean? Well, how could I watch highlights of myself every morning on Fox footy? Because usually they have footy flashbacks, and you're like, rewind this. I want to look at myself. And every day they played the Crows game from 1991 to 2003, do they? Absolutely they do. You can get <laughs> any game, any time. <laughs> you sound like the ad. <laughs> um, Paul uh, suggested that Costa must be a banker. Bloody autocorrect. Because <laughs> he had a fair swipe at the uh, early start at Alberton tomorrow night. Um, the texts have been great today, especially those offering suggestions of legends with two first names like Tim David, who hit the winning runs for Australia last night. A boundary on the last ball. So we will he award... replicated Michael Bevan. Double first name. Mm. We will award the golf box voucher in the next few moments. But... Of course, it is a Thursday, and thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre, the best in SA, Brighton Road. Head to their website, okay? We are yeah. just saying, head to their website. We know that over the next couple of weeks, they are going to be giving SENSA listeners exclusive deals to make sure that all of your trophies and medals are taken care of. A lot of cricket presentations happening over the next few weeks. So um, go and see the guys. I saw them on the weekend. And uh, did you know Con is a big fan of sumo wrestling? Yeah, knew that. Did you really? Yep. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. That's unbelievable. Con, also, Con and Lena, one of the last people to leave my 40th. Oh, they're stayers. They are stayers. They are legends. And we like to talk about some of the fun stuff that we encountered during the week, including the debut of my young daughter, Rain, who hosted Quick Bix yesterday. And Bix, 
You were none from five, and this was Rain's response. Thanks for playing, Mark, you loser. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm worried that um, that might become a catch-all for... Sorry? That might become a catch-all for no matter what I do, that might just get played all the time. Yeah, you're a loser. Oh, yeah, I should put that on our shortcuts there. On your hot bar or whatever you do. Put it on my hot bar. <laughs> that, whatever it is on your computer there. It's definitely not that. What do you got for me? Well, no, I want to talk about your commentary last week and Daniel Norton, who makes a guest appearance and uh, how he referred to you. Zerk Thatcher escorts the ball over and it's out in the fall. And Walsh, you bring it home for us, big boy. Bring it home. Well, the good news is Port Adelaide are going to get the win today no matter what. So we can celebrate going into this weekend. And- <laughs> bring it home, big boy. Big boy. Bring it home, big boy. So, so um, were you using like the um, the Taparoo High School uh, PA system or something? There? <laughs> what was going on? The feedback and it's like sitting next to some sort of amp or something. What was what was happening? Did you want us to play some of your play by play commentary? No, no, I didn't. I just, I just the sound was a bit funny there. Yeah, we hot wired someone's house from down the road. <laughs> we just went into dial-up internet. That's okay, though. It was a fantastic afternoon as well I mean, I got tomorrow. the three votes again today? You got the three oh. votes. But by you naturally, sometimes what I love about you is you have this persona where you're humble and you have no sense of ego until you accidentally get caught talking about yourself and comparing yourself this time to Taylor Swift. When Taylor Swift on the first night at Melbourne said, I can't believe it, 96,600 people. It's the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of. And I just happened to be with my son. And I said, oh, well, that's one thing I've got on Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) 97 grand final, 100,000 people or something. So, you know, I'm talking, I'm spitting facts. I was saying that to my son. I'm not saying it publicly until you just blow it up like that. You're not saying it publicly. You know, this big stick you're talking to, mate, that I, goes I, around I, the world. I'm pretty sure that's I was publicly. Referring, I, was, I was relaying oh, yeah. a story of how I was trying not to, saying it publicly. to have fun with my, my eldest son. Yeah, you're a mushroom. You're a fun guy. Yeah. Yep. No, we're not going to go there. Connor Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. Costa has said he manages construction. Just FYI. Everyone's having a crack at Costa. I like Costa. It was banter, He's okay? He contributes. And, and, well, look, he stirred up a bit of people to take part in our show, which we like. But generally, we don't like the, uh, the people having a go at each other. Lindsay says, I'll bite Costa since Port Adelaide indirectly created the Crows. I'll say you're more than welcome to come tomorrow night. I'll be saying welcome home, Costa. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch, but anyway. Will says, I'm a Crows fan, I'll admit it. I'm jealous of the power and their fancy new digs and their pregame is way better than ours. Who cares if they stole most of it? Better than the sound of dentures clicking and artificial heart valves ticking. That's our pregame entertainment. (laughs) It's 22 minutes past eight. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. 27 minutes past eight. Been a massive show. If you have missed any of it, you can always have a listen to the podcast. We caught up with Dan Cherney from Code Sports, David Croft, Captain's Call, and uh, Bix asked the question, if the media is overreacting about big leadership groups. So you can listen to that and plenty more. Um, we do need to give away our $150 golf box voucher. The end of clearance is on now. Don't miss out. 
um, we were celebrating Tim David hitting a boundary to win the first T20 against New Zealand last night in Wellington, Mark Bickley. So we're looking for inspirational people with two first names. I think we've got two winners today. What do you got? Yeah, well, let's start with Matt. And because it's the golf box prize, I thought we might have the golf theme. So uh, Matt sent in, it's got to be Jack Nicholas. So oh, yeah. Jack Nicholas yeah, will give you that one, Matt. So you've got one of the golf boxes. And um, I'll go the other one. On the back of Tim David, we had a text uh, quarter to seven. doesn't have a name on it, but we've got your number. And he suggested David David, which is a famous South Australian craniofacial surgeon, Dr. David David. I like it. wonder if he's any relation to Tim. Probably not. Mm, wouldn't have thought so. Um, I like it. What's on this weekend? What's on this weekend? A bit of footy. And I'm trying to think what else I have. I'm not sure I've got a whole lot on. Um, I just, I've had a busy week this week. I just needed a bit of a chance to recuperate, I think. What about you? What are you doing? Tomorrow night is big for the Adelaide 36ers because um, they have their Mark Davis perpetual MVP. Um, I don't know who wins that. I would like to think that it will be pretty close between Isaac, Humphrey. Isaac and DJ. Maybe hasn't played enough games, but Isaac's mm. been really consistent. Um, and we're... We're led to believe today there might be an announcement in regards to Scott Ninnis. So that means they'll celebrate that if it happens tomorrow night. And, of course, Peter Ally being inducted yep. into the Hall of Fame. So um, we appreciate everybody listening this week. We continue on with the footy. Um, if you are considering going to Alberton tomorrow night and you're unsure, put all allegiances aside and just go there because getting to watch the Crows in Port Adelaide at a suburban venue is great, great for footy. It's great for South Australia. It's going to be nice, cool conditions too. And we get to have a look at our two sides before the real stuff begins. So, um, Mark, I love you so much and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you, Jared. And I hope you enjoy the rest, <laughs> of, your, him. <laughs> the rest of your week.